welcome to the Decide Your Legacy podcast, helping individuals and businesses unleash their potential. Join us every episode as host Adam Gregg discusses what is holding us back and how to find hope for moving forward. Along the way, we discuss developing healthy relationships and navigating life transitions while overcoming fear, stress, and anxiety. Live the life you want, the legacy you decide. Hey, welcome back to to the Decide Your Legacy podcast. If you didn't tune into the very first one, it was on overcoming anxiety. There's a lot of anxiety out there. I gave you three tips for overcoming the anxiety you might be facing in your life. I really hope you check it out. Today, I'm gonna talk to you about the history behind Decide Your Legacy, why I started this thing. And I'm gonna show you a model that I use with clients to help them find clarity in their lives. It's a coffee illustration and a step-by-step process I take people through. People often, they just react to life and they don't intentionally follow a process. Don't let that be you. I do this because my passion is transformational clarity. So I'm a coach and a counselor, been doing this for over two decades, and transformational clarity inspires people towards action. People are confused and they don't step back and reflect and get clarity in their lives. They're so busy with that next thing or so busy being productive that they don't actually realize that they're being counterproductive because there's no process that they're engaging. And they're actually kind of gullible too because they'll get sucked into that next thing without intentionally deciding what's next. Two, three of my core values, one is always hope, that there's always hope in every situation you face, even the most bleak situations that you ever actually go through. Intentionality, because intentionally engaging a process leads to change. Encourage, facing those things that cause us the most anxiety, facing them head on and actually dealing with them through a process, an intentional process. Today, this is all about you engaging a process. So if you want to think, an illustration I use with clients relates to coffee. And if you have a good cup of coffee, you're only going to create a good cup of coffee with good beans. You're going to get good quality beans. Hopefully they're fresh. If you roast your own, you're buying green beans and roasting them on your stovetop. But the quality of the beans impacts things. And then you're going to have to have a good filter. And if you have a good filter, it takes out the grinds, the bad stuff, and it leaves the result. It leaves the coffee. So people generally come to me saying, I have a problem. I want a result in my life. I want a better, happier career. Or I want better relationships. Or I want a better marriage. Or I want to just be more productive with my time. Or I want to overcome some kind of fear. But they have a result in mind. And that's the coffee that they have in mind that I could have this good, fresh, hot cup of coffee. But if they skip the process and the steps, they're never going to get that result. So they want to actually jump the gun and do things to get the result before they actually go through the steps that it takes. So the process is it first and foremost, so that we're not reactionary, is saying, hey, I got to do some things to get clarity in my life. I had a bad experience in 2008. I mean, it was actually a bad experience, but also a great experience. I lost my job. I was in a position that I thought I'd be in for quite a while, and my position was eliminated. 
and the owner of the company took over my position. I was devastated. I was unemployed for seven months. It was a great recession. And eventually through that, I actually had some great things happen, including becoming, doing more coaching and helping people with their careers and everything. But I was lost for about three months and I didn't know what to do. I had some training. I knew kind of some things to read and everything, but there was something missing. There was something missing. And so I started over time to to step back. It took me two or three months and a lot of friends and encouragement, but started to do some self-reflection and journaling and get clarity on specific things. And that's where this model came from, is the first part, the beans, getting fresh beans. Well, that relates to having healthy relationships and that relates to having a healthy perspective. So doing things intentionally to gain a healthy perspective, your emotional health, and then your self-concept. So the way that you view yourself. So those four things create healthy beans and your self-concept can be pretty deep. But as we go through this information, I'm going to give you some tips on just some basic things you can do right now while you're listening to this podcast to improve in maybe one very basic, simple way, each of these areas to create fresher, better beans. So the filter process, which takes out the grinds, and leaves you with the result. The filter is having a vision for your future. Decide your legacy. Even that name, it comes from, I can de- I can choose that when I'm gone and I've gone the way of, I've, I'm gone, I'm dead, I'm deceased. How do I want people to remember me? And intentionally thinking about that. But a vision becomes a filter because it takes out the bad stuff. It shows you what to say no to and what to say yes to. It shows you what to say no to and what to say yes to. And the other parts of the filter, one is your core values. So what do you value the most? Values are things, they're behaviors that you want to engage in consistently, but they're going to be unique to you. Your values should be different than my values. And my values that I focus on consistently are not going to necessarily resonate with you, but something inside of you is going to say, these are the behaviors I want to engage in consistently in my life. Core needs are another filter. A need is something you uniquely should have in your life every day that gives you some energy. It's a way to love yourself. And if we don't step back and say, hey, this is something I need or something I want, then we won't necessarily engage it. We won't won't do it. You know, and my hope for all my clients is they have a document when they're done with the coaching process that says, this is what I want in my life. This is what I should focus on in my life. And it's all these areas that we're discussing. I call this the legacy cycle, this coffee illustration. And it will be in the show notes as well. So for those of you listening, you'll use that and want to access that for some clarity. So other parts of the filter, core needs, core values, you have your vision, then you have balance. And by balance, I mean, are we investing in all the areas of our life? and not just one area of our life. Usually when people are out of balance, it's because they're focusing all this energy into one part, like their health or their job, yet it's to the detriment of having some fun or to growing intellectually or to growing spiritually. And if we don't filter things through this lens of having some balance, we're gonna make some really bad decisions. We're gonna have a a really crappy cup of coffee, basically. And so balance gives us our big yes and shows us what to say no to as well. So you have your life balance as well. And then the final, the fifth part of that filter is a life purpose statement. So what is my purpose? 
Is it, is it to, you're gonna have something unique to you as your purpose that's gonna inspire you. And I try to help clients come up with a, a one sentence life purpose statement. And for most people, they have a primary and a secondary purpose. A primary purpose, it means for anyone, if they're a decent human being, it's to make the world a better place, to impact the world to change people's lives, something broad like that. The secondary purpose is gonna be your unique spin on that primary purpose. So some way that you're impacting people's lives and changing the world through that specific way that you've been made and put together. So some people have a life purpose to help people through running a studio for sound. And that's how they're impacting the world or being a dentist and through dentistry. And that can also be mission, and we'll talk about that as well. So the coffee, kind of high-level summary here, is that the coffee, that is your goals. It's the result. And so your goals should only be filtered. They should be filtered appropriately or else they're gonna be crappy goals. And if they aren't filtered through what's gonna lead to life balance and what's gonna align with my life purpose and what's gonna give me some real congruency with my values and my vision, then they're not gonna be the best goals. And then mission is a way that you're really living out that purpose. So somebody can have a purpose of impacting people's lives through the medical profession. And then the way that they're going to live that out could be a variety of a variety of missions. I mean, it could be that they're a CEO of a hospital. It could be that they're running some kind of nonprofit that supports the medical field. It could be that they're working in the profession directly, hands-on, as a physician's assistant or as an emergency room doctor or as an orthopedic surgeon. That's going to be mission, and that's, that's commonly confused with purpose. So that's your coffee. And then the final part of the coffee is transformational habits. So what am I going to do to support my goals? Our goals are only going to be achieved when they have high-quality habits attached to them, to each of them. And a habit is something that you can, you're going to do consistently. So we have crappy habits. Our goals are never going to actually be reached because we're not doing those things that support those actual goals. So for each one of these now, I want to give you some takeaways and some application that you can do with each of these areas. So we go back to the coffee and this is a summary, but it's something you can do for relationships. For example, you don't have good beans. You do not have good beans. You don't have a good foundation unless you have healthy relationships. So what can you do simply to improve your relationship? So how about just become a better listener? Become somebody that actually paraphrases what other people share so that they can believe and they are convinced that you know what you're, that you care and you want to hear what they have to have to say. Being a better listener actually requires asking really good questions. And great questions I have found usually start, not always, but usually start with a what or a how. You know, how can I support you? Or what's your view on this? Or what suggestions would you have? Or what do you want? What energizes you? How can I encourage you more? If you genuinely, honestly ask questions like that, it's going to improve your relationships. Then you have to listen and then convince the other person that you actually heard what they said. It's a way to work on your relational health, the beans. Emotional health, something very basic, but you may have heard of the concept of emotional intelligence. Emotionally intelligent people are, are, are fairly rare, but they do some things really well. One is they learn to understand and identify how they feel. And they learn to understand and identify how other people feel. 
They learn to express and change and adapt their lives based on how they feel. And they learn to express and adapt and change their lives based on how other people feel as well. And alexithymia is a term we use clinically to describe somebody who really isn't great at identifying how they feel. And it's a non-clinical term, but it's, it means they have a limited vocabulary. A lot of people confuse, um, a lot of people even say, well, you know, men don't know how to express their emotions. And I don't, I don't think there's any gender relationship with emotions whatsoever. I think there's a lot that ties to how we were raised and what we've learned. But actually, experientially, I really haven't seen anything that would actually say that people, one gender is better than the other. What I would say is that people practice learning and taking risks and being vulnerable, sharing how they actually feel. So something you could do is simply identify every day a positive and a negative emotion that you've experienced, that you felt, just what it is. It could be something really like, I feel crappy, I feel tired, I feel discouraged, whatever. But then identify why you feel that way and then what information that emotion is actually giving you. So emotions are like a compass. They give you direction. I should do more of this or less of this. I should stop doing this. I should do, I should, I should stop, I should change this. So if you identify it and you, and you journal it or you type it in your phone, something that gives it some clarity and then you practice even expressing it to somebody. So kind of a weird thing. It'll take some time. It may not feel natural, but I feel I feel excited because I get to do a podcast and I need more of that stuff in my life. I mean, that that is that's an expression of emotion in a healthy way. And I have a bookmark I give to clients actually with all this information um, as well. And so if you want if you want to and you want a copy of that bookmark, send me an email, I'll send you one. So um, it just cost me a stamp. I know that. So anyway, so that's emotional health. Then you have your perspective. That's how am I viewing the situation that I'm facing in my life? And a simple thing, and if you've heard me talk before, a way to work on perspective is to intentionally focus on the good things of your in your life. And what I do every morning, at least I try to every morning, is to identify five things that happened yesterday that were positive in my life and five things that I'm excited about engaging in later in the day to day. And writing that down, I mean, putting it in your iPad, typing in your phone, using a good old fashioned journal, which I'd highly suggest because I think it's good to learn and to remember how to write things with your hands. So anyway, but that's a way to step back from your life and say, here's some good stuff right now. And even right now, we're thinking, hey, it's a difficult time for people. We're in the midst of, a, of COVID-19. And for a lot of people, it's like, man, a lot of things suck in my life and they're not going very well. But if you step back and say, well, here's some good things that are coming out of this. I mean, maybe your kids are more engaged in art and doing things with sidewalk chalk, or maybe your kids are learning how to cook. Maybe they're actually asking you more questions about their schoolwork because you're home with them more, or you're learning to be more creative with your profession. Those are all perspective building activities. And then the fourth part of the creating good beans, healthy beans, is your self-concept, self-worth. People can be so negative about themselves. And a lot of that has to do with the way we were raised or trauma in our lives. And so we learn to be guarded and protect ourselves because we don't want to get hurt again. But something I like every client to do, and I walk them through this process, and I have worksheets that go along with every part of this whole process I take clients through. And I spend a whole session or two with clients on most of these sections as well. So it's not something easy, but something simple you could do is say, hey, here are 10 qualities that I have that are intrinsic. That means that they were just given to me. I just have them. I haven't earned them. I haven't actually purchased them. It's not like I have this college degree and whatever, and this is a, that's an extrinsic quality. It's an extrinsic thing because I have this degree. Because 
but what you learned from that degree, like let's say because you got this degree in graphic design, you're more creative and you're actually better apt to think through this process that's creative and, and incremental. And that that's an intrinsic quality that you gained. It's not one to really be proud of, but I would, I would suggest that you already had some of that even as a kid, because that's why you were interested in that topic in the first place. But those are intrinsic qualities that we should be proud of. And we, we really, we've just been given them. They're a blessing that we have. It's something that, that they're God-given. And so we can say, hey, this is good. I like this about myself and focus on that. And there's nothing wrong with having those qualities that you love about yourself posted in your car or on your bathroom mirror or even tattooed on your leg. I don't care where they are, but something that you actually think about consistently. So those are the beans. The next part is creating the filter. Simple things you can do with the vision is say, hey, look, what are 10, if you look in all the different areas of your life, I like to break life down into seven different areas, but what do I want my life to be like in this area 10 years from now? Whatever age you are, I'm 46. When you're 56 years old, what do you want this area of your life to be like? So think about your spiritual life. How do you want that to go? Maybe you just want more of the same or you want more discipline, but something there. How about your intellectual life? 10 years from now, do you want to have read a certain number of books? Do you want to have grown in a certain way, taken classes, gotten a degree, you know, learned to start a, how to start a business? What is it intellectually? The third area, fun, social. What do you want your that area of your life to be like in 10 years? How about your health? What do you want that to be like in 10 years? Write that down somewhere. Very simple thing you can do. And then the other areas, as I said, seven areas, your career. What do you want that area to be like? And then the final area, as I mentioned, would be, well, we had, we had health, spiritual, career, your financial, oh, and family. What do you want those areas to be like in, in 10 years? In 10 years, take the time to step back and self-reflect. So that's creating a vision, or you can even go bigger picture and you can go to legacy. You know, how do I want to remember when I'm gone? That's fine as well. The next area, how, what do you do with life balance? So people often, especially people that listen to podcasts, I think, you're driven. You're potentially a perfectionistic, which perfectionistic person, which I would suggest that rigidity, perfectionism, all or nothing thinking, it's got to be a certain way. It's got to be a 10. That's the cardinal trait. And I didn't say this, but some famous people, famous person has said this, the cardinal trait of mental illness. We're so rigid. We're so, we're so tight fisted with something. We got to be perfectionistic with that thing. And I collect seven up bottles simply for the reason that it reminds me on a scale one to 10, it's okay to be a seven. I'm better when I'm not perfectionistic. And so in each area of your life, what is a seven? Define what that is. What's a seven spiritually? Not perfect. What's a seven with your health? What's a seven with your family? Maybe you feel guilty and you actually are spending a ton of time with your family and you feel guilty because you have this faulty perspective that you should be doing more. And it's actually, they probably are like, you know, come on, have some fun, dad. Go do something fun with your own friends, you know, whatever. That could, that's a reality. That's a situation people face. What's a seven with your health? What's a seven with your career? What's a seven with intellectual development? What define your seven and figure that out? So that's creating a filter for other areas of your life. And another filter is to identify your core values and then to live by them, to align with them. So my core values, three top, always hope, courage, intentionality. 
So decisions that I make, I want to align with those things. I have other core values for the business. Remarkable customer service is one. Pursue growth and learning. I have six core values actually for the business. And I have six core values, I'd say, that are in my life. They're really, really important. But I have those top three that I want to use primarily as my filter. So is it a courageous decision? Is it a courageous decision or not? I mean, that's going to be a filter for me. And it's not that I always follow that because... If you are a close friend of mine, you know the last four or five years have been really hard and I've hidden out a lot. And I haven't always been courageous. Um, but I still believe those are my core values and intentionality. Can I get distracted? Absolutely. Do I always focus on my schedule? Absolutely not. Do I sit and waste time looking at the news? Absolutely. Do I make mistakes with focusing? All the time. All the time. But if I remind myself that, hey, this is a core value at my core, I know it makes me unique. I know I really find this important. It's going to help me to make decisions. Core needs. I know that I'm a social person. I know that I've been made as more of an extrovert. My family sometimes questions that because, well, I'm 46. I haven't lived at home since I was 18. And those dynamics are different and were different back then as a middle child. So a lot of times when I speak up, they look at me like, oh my gosh, you know, what happened to Adam? But really, my personality is pretty extroverted. I need socialization. Believe it or not, even with COVID going on, I'm actually more social than I was a year ago because I use creative ways to connect. I talk to people more on the phone now than I did. I use Zoom more than I did. Um, relationally, I haven't always practiced what I preach because it's been, it's been some hard times, but I believe in it. And I know I need it. So let's be a, that would be a core need. My, one of my core needs as well is exercise. I need that. I like it. It's fun. I like to say even golf is a core need. I suck at it, but I do like it. And it brings out that hunter-gatherer trait in me as well. So, and I sleep well after I golf too, believe it or not. But I have needs that I've identified. I have to keep those in mind. I will forget them and I won't focus on them unless I put some energy into looking at them on a daily basis. And then the last part of the filter that I love to help clients with is life purpose and identifying a life purpose statement. One thing you can do is if you go back and do a life timeline, just a real basic one on significant events in your life, and then say, well, when in my life did I feel inspired and energized? The most. And it could be something very basic, like taking a certain class in high school or interacting with a type of person or starting some project. It could be something significant, like, well, I felt energized when I actually finished this, graduated from grad school or whatever. But if you go back and look and say, hey, this was a significant point in my life, it's going to give you a clue to what your life purpose is. I had a client recently say, and they're in a really, they're a very successful physician and everything, and but they said that when they're helping to mediate conflict at the hospital, that's when they feel most alive. It's more in a political role because they're getting people to talk about things and address problems. And I'm like, because they were coming to me trying to figure out what's next in their life. And that was a major clue for them that maybe they should be in politics and that's a way to live out their purpose. Maybe they're still a physician, but they're actually getting involved more in the community in a different way. It'll come if you step back because you're stepping back from the fear and anxiety even to do the self-reflection that's necessary. And so then finally is creating great coffee. So you've created the filter and you've established healthy beans. And the next thing is, well, what's the coffee? And so you have to step back in that process as well. And one thing I have clients do is, first of all, figure out what some missions, 
what their mission might be now. I have them actually take an assessment called the Strong's Interest Inventory, and there's some other assessments I use as well. I really like the DISC, and there's some career things and mission information I can gather for a lot of people from those instruments as well. But one thing with mission is saying, well, what have been past missions in my life that I've gone on? So you may currently be an engineer, but in the past, a mission you were on is working at Starbucks, because that would be your mission at that point, because you were working in as a barista. Or what other missions academically? Maybe you were involved in some kind of volunteer organization, and that was a mission, a way at that time you perceived yourself living out your life purpose. So identifying past missions can help you to identify what could be a current mission. And you may know very clearly that your current mission is to be an engineer. Your current mission is to be is to run a sound studio or to be a physician or be a dentist or whatever, but that's not the whole story. And it could be that your mission is in aligning with your life purpose just the way it should right now as well. So then the next thing is to identify goals. And I have clients do this very simple thing is identify two goals over the next year, do a brainstorm, a download, just get anything down that might be a goal in each of those seven areas of your life over the next year. So something you could do today very simply is to say, what's a goal in each area of my life for this year, put it down, anything, it doesn't matter, whatever. Then you can filter it through. You can use like smart goal acronym, dumb goal acronym. Dumb goals are like dream-driven, uplifting, um, method-friendly and behaviorally oriented. I heard that from uh, oh somebody, Brendan Bouchard, I think, mentioned that on a podcast or whatever. But those are gonna filter your goals down to put them in a format that makes them most likely to be achieved. And then the final thing is create transformational habits. And something that will help with habits, just very basic thing, is to have some kind of written calendar that you're plugging things in and you're adding some structure to your life that incorporates those habits into it. So for example, if you you have a goal of going to bed by 10 o'clock every night, well, you write that into your calendar. And that becomes something that hopefully you're looking at every day, which can reinforce that habit. Our goals are only ever going to be achieved to the extent that our habits support whatever those goals are. Another thing you can do is create an if-then plan. An if-then plan means if this specific trigger happens, then I'm going to engage that specific goal. So it could be simply, I want to spend 30 minutes reading and um, praying or meditating or whatever. And so an if-then plan is if it is 6.30, then I'm pulling out my Calm app and my journal and my Bible or whatever it is for you individually. And that's an if-then plan, which creates a habit that makes it much more likely to to actually engage that goal. So there you go. Um, High-level process I take people through. If couple things, if you have any interest in this, you can, um, well, first of all, subscribe to this podcast. It's new. This is the second episode. Hopefully you go back and check out the first one that was on anxiety. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Tell your friends. Give me a review. Second thing you could do is hire me as a coach if you're interested. So I will walk you through over a six-month period of time each of these areas in the legacy cycle utilizing this model. And you'll have the accountability and you'll be able to talk to me over Zoom if you're local, meet locally, whatever. And we'll go through this whole process that can lead to transformational clarity and make help you make the changes you want to make. Another thing you could do is sign up for my newsletter, give you two free ebooks, one on life balance and one on my 50, 50 of my top favorite relationship building questions. Thank you for tuning in. I'm excited. This is new. Decide Your Legacy Podcast. Tell your friends. I will hopefully see you next time. Bye-bye.
This show is part of the ICT Podcast Network. 